The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane. With us today, we have Steve Moore, and Steve is going to uh, tell us a little bit about uh, suicide prevention. Welcome to the program, Steve. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, yes, I'm, I got involved in suicide prevention because uh, back in uh, 2006, uh, my 19-year-old son, who was a college uh, sophomore in uh, Grinnell College in Iowa, um, just disappeared one day, and he left behind a suicide note, uh, and there was no body. Uh, we spent seven months hoping that uh, he had just uh, perhaps used it as a way to run away or you know, just um, you know, get away from the world, And because he just never showed any signs of suicide, and somehow you know, running away made more sense than the suicide. So I spent seven months, you know, working with every person I knew, uh, every, you know, church member with my family, with uh, my wife's. Uh, I'm a triathlete, so I actually pulled in people from around the world who, you know, I had people from Gibraltar telling me that they were looking over uh, people trying to get to uh, across to Africa. I had people at the, um, just around the world, you know, just doing things for us, putting up posters, trying to find Paul. Um, and then seven months later, they found his body just half a mile from the uh, uh, his campus dorm uh, in a swimming pool. He had uh, uh, drowned himself, uh, and it was determined definitely it was a suicide. Um, the reason I mention all that is that because we were really trying to get the word out for him, I could not hide from the suicide. And this was front page news in the Chicago newspapers. It was the first article was missing and uh, also we were working with the media trying to find him so when he died or when they found the body again it was front page news so there was no hiding uh, I had to you know talk about it at his funeral service I encouraged his uh, the pastor to talk about it because we were you know want to make sure that uh, there's a thing called contagion we don't want young people to somehow glamorize it so from the beginning I really became a person that wanted to had to talk about suicide and so pretty quickly after uh, uh, we discovered that he had died by suicide. My wife and I uh, went to a walk with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, uh, which uh, has these walks around the country. They're called Out of the Darkness Community Walks. Uh, you know, the idea out of the darkness, you want to bring suicide out of the darkness uh, community. You know, these are in little communities around the country, and there's 400 of them right now. Uh, but also, it's a community of people that have been touched by suicide. Either they've lost someone or they're struggling themselves. Uh, and I kind of feel like I found a home. And pretty quickly after that, I started volunteering with them. And in 2009, I joined the board of directors of the Illinois chapter um, of AFSP. Now, I'm an attorney, so I also started working immediately on advocacy with uh, my state chapter and also nationally. In fact, I'm now involved on their national advocacy program doing work in Washington uh, on suicide prevention. So, you know, my activity was pretty immediate and uh, very much wanting to bring out the word to bring suicide out of the darkness, like AFSP says in those walks. Well, following uh, COVID lockdowns and, and the problems caused by that, I imagine there has been a significant increase in hopelessness and maybe as a result of that, um, suicides as well. 
So uh, your advocacy and and trying to uh, provide for people other um, other options is is wonderful. I understand you're going to be giving a presentation soon at the Best Practices Conference out in in Arizona. How how did that come about? Well, uh, after I uh, left my legal practice a couple of years ago, um, I was planning to just have a slow retirement, uh, but uh, I found an opportunity to uh, become their first executive director. And uh, it was, to me, just a, a perfect opportunity. You know, I get to do their finances, their uh, accounting. I set up their old database for donors. I've I designed their web page. Uh, I've just been enjoying the work. And the, their mission is to bring the people of Africa to a Christ-centered life uh, through housing, education, um, health care, and uh, employment. And it's a very, I want to say business oriented in the sense that they want results. Uh, and you know, so we've got a, a model that uh, is pretty effective. We've worked very closely with a, a church in South Africa that uh, is in, uh, um, is affiliated with the uh, LCMS. Uh, and so it's a, the synod, in fact, the entire synod there in, in that province uh, is in association with LCMS. And so we've worked with them uh, in one particular town in uh, near Middleburg, uh, South Africa, but also the uh, the pastor there that uh, started that church has, has expanded uh, the synod to many other churches in that uh, surrounding province. And so we're trying to help some of those churches get set up uh, to also uh, establish preschools, uh, grade schools like we did in uh, Middleburg. Now, a lot of the work that uh, we've done there uh, is working with the uh, schools, uh, so, uh, helping students there because COVID has hit them just as bad, or actually maybe worse than the U.S. And so it's affected the ability of parents to work and pay tuition. So we've been putting a lot of effort into raising funds to, you know, really keep the schools afloat so they can have the parents can afford the tuition. Uh, and also, you know, this is a very a clever organization when they help build the school they built uh, a health clinic right on the campus of the school and so you know we've been working with local uh, healthcare organizations to bring in dental care um you know student uh, health care uh, checkups are done there we're trying to really expand that do quite a bit more we can work with the local hospitals for um you know maternal care um you know testing for uh, diseases you know there's a lot we can do there um, and like I said, the other ideas are uh, they work with is employment and uh, housing. So it's a uh, organization that's done great work in South Africa that, uh, you know, and, and also Uganda. We've got some work in Uganda that we've been working on and uh, in, in both. Uh, there's just so much to do. And but the people are just, you know, so appreciative of what we're doing. And, um, you know, the, you know, the motto of, of COFA is, uh, you know, cr you know, is, uh, creating opportunity. You know, we want to really give them the opportunity. Uh, and all we do is give them the education, give them the housing, give them the employment, and they take it from there. So really, you have two uh, focuses. You've got, uh, you are the executive director, as I think you said, of Christian Outreach for Africa. And then you also um, are active in uh, suicide prevention as well. That's a that's a, a wide variety of uh, things to keep you uh, occupied in your retirement. Yeah, I guess I didn't answer your question. The reason I got involved in best practices is obviously because of the connection with COFA. Um, you know, we come here every year for our annual meeting. Uh, many of the board members of COFA are ministers in LCMS, and they go to the conference. And so we've decided years ago to just go go ahead and. Open the meeting here in Phoenix the day before the conference begins. Uh, so I was coming to town anyway. Uh, we have a table at the conference because we were trying to spread the word about our ministry, uh, and hopefully other pastors will see it and you know come by and uh, you know work with us. Uh, but you know since I was going to be there and because of my 
knowledge of and work in trying to bring out word of uh, suicide prevention, I decided that this is something that faith communities need. Uh, it is a great opportunity to bring suicide prevention to uh, an organization, you know, organizations such as you know, pastors, any faith leader really has an ability to, or has a lot of roles that uh, they will be touched by suicide. suicide. Um, you know, so, you know, that's why I came out here. So why do you think uh, faith leaders are the ones to incorporate suicide prevention in uh, in with other ministries? Well, first of all, you know, they may in their counseling uh, see people that are at risk. Uh, and it's important that they understand the risk factors and the warning signs uh, so they can identify someone who's at risk, but also to understand what to do next. Uh, you know, for example, there's a myth that you don't want to ever ask someone if they're considering suicide, which is exactly opposite. You know, the first thing you should be doing when you think someone may be considering taking their life is to say, are you thinking of taking your life? Have you made a plan? Uh, what have you accumulated the things you need to do? Have you attempted already? Uh, these are questions you just have to ask. And it's, you know, in case after case, that is people are willing to then bring out and start talking about it. And virtually never will it put the idea in their mind that they hadn't thought of before. Uh, so it's important just to, uh, you know, really for pastors, any faith leader to that does counseling, that has people in front of them that may, you know, want to be talking about their personal issues. Um, or even just to, even if they're not coming in counseling, maybe they see them in meetings and suddenly they don't seem to be, uh, seem to be as uh, involved as before. Or perhaps, you know, they hear rumors that they're not uh, coming out with uh, friends anymore and doing some things they used to do. You know, any changes in behavior that could be an uh, in indication of something like depression, uh, anxiety. It's important that faith leaders get the training to understand those and then know what to do with it. Now, that's the, the first one, what we call prevention. But the second one is postvention. Uh, unfortunately, in this day, uh, there will be suicides in a church community. And pastors, faith leaders need to know what to do next. Maybe they're going to be having to work with the family uh, in counseling. Perhaps they have to plan what the service will look like. You know, clearly, you know, some families will not want to do what I did and make it, you know, broadcast. But uh, that's, but they've got to work with them and find out what their desires are. Um, and then the entire, you know, church community, you know, whether you want it or not, it's going to be out there. They're going to know about it. And you know, it's important that at some point, somehow, with the family's approval, um, faith leaders deal with it with the entire community. Uh, and the messaging is so important. You know, it's important that we make that message that suicide, there should not be a stigma against the person that died uh, or the family themselves. 90% um, of the people that die by suicide had some sort of a mental health condition or substance use disorder. Uh, and it's so really suicide is the end result of a disease. And so you don't stigmatize people that have died by cancer uh, or heart disease. In fact, you know, the best way to put this is when people use the word commit suicide, it gives an indication it was a voluntary action that's bad. You know, I'm an attorney and you commit a crime. Uh, you know, it's a legal doctrine. Um, you don't want to use that with suicide when you think about it, a mental health condition that led someone to it. It's the same as a heart condition that led to a death. Uh, they died by suicide. They died by cancer. They died by heart attack. Again, they died by suicide. So that kind of messaging is important for faith leaders to really work with their community um, after a suicide. And then finally, the, the role that I think is in many ways the most important is what I'll call a public health role. You know, faith leaders can really start the communication with their entire congregation on mental health. 
and get, again, that stigma of mental health, people not wanting to reach out and get help. Uh, you know, it's important that people understand that mental health uh, is just as important as physical health. And if you're feeling mental health disorder, you don't go to a doctor, uh, just like you would go to a doctor when your heart is acting up. Um, you go to a psychologist, you go to a social worker, you go to someone that can deal with it. Uh, maybe you go to your pastor, uh, but you'll want people to take that first step of trying to recognize that mental health is just as important as uh, physical health. So those are all kind of the roles, prevention, postvention, and then sort of the public health role and the messaging are things that I think it's important for faith leaders to understand. For uh, people of faith, I'd point out that uh, suicide is not the unforgivable sin. Uh, it was heavily stigmatized uh, years ago, but as you're pointing out, Steve, that's uh, uh, it's it's not good. It's not healthy to uh, try and stigmatize uh, someone who is obviously uh, mentally in pain. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I think our understanding of suicide and how to deal with it and the aftermaths um, has a lot more gospel to it than it used to. I think that in certainly you know, every denomination has started recognizing that. Uh, you know, for years, many you know churches, you know, as you said, stigmatized it uh, and uh, considered it, you know, a, a sin that was unforgivable, as you put it. Um, now it's recognized that um, who are we to say? You know, who are we to say? that this person is not in the eyes of God, someone worthy of heaven. Um, so you know, there are just no way that any of us can make that determination. Right, right. Yeah. Why don't you talk about some of the resources that are out there? Because if, if a person is dealing with, let's say, a family member or close friend who is contemplating suicide, it's probably wise to get uh, some, some real quality help uh, from a number of resources quickly. Yeah, I mean, the uh, there are a couple of resources out there. Certainly, you know, actually, you know, my organization, AFSP, uh, it has a, a lot of um, resources for people. If you go to AFSP.org, uh, you would see there um, all sorts of uh, um, ideas for people that are um, at risk, also for people that have lost someone you know there's resources there for example uh, they list the uh, different uh, support groups in an area you can put in your zip code and find a support group of people that um, have lost someone to suicide uh, that's really what you know my wife and i did immediately after paul died and it was just an absolute lifesaver you know you've got a group of people that uh, have gone through the exact same thing it's a safe space to you know talk with people that uh, are experiencing the same thing um, so you know there's resources again for uh, prevention and uh, you know post-suicide there um, there are other you know certainly if someone is really at risk and you're afraid that they're um, you know going to be uh, you know taking their life immediately number one don't leave them uh, but uh, the other thing to do is to just go ahead and you know call 911 i mean that's kind of a um, the kind of thing that needs to be done uh, to you know kind of start the process that uh, but the other one that is a little bit you know if it's someone that is just considering it and you think that they need to talk to a professional uh, there's a, a crisis hotline called uh, the national suicide prevention lifeline it's 800 273 talk and that's uh, 273 8255 
Uh, and that's 24-7. There are people, counselors there that, you know, can really talk with someone who's considering suicide and work with them. Uh, they've got the resources, the local resources that can give them help of how to reach out to mental health professionals in their area. Uh, there's also a text line. I mean, youth, you know, young people do not like to call. Uh, they'd rather text. And so uh, if you just text the word talk, T-A-L-K, uh, to uh, 741 741. Uh, and that's a, a text line. And uh, you will you know, pretty much in the way that works, because you're texting, uh, they've done algorithms. And when they see certain combinations of words, it doesn't have to be suicide. If they see, you know, I'm not too sure what they are even, loss of hope, uh, thinking of ending it, uh, um, no one cares anymore. Whatever those algorithms come up with, when it comes up, danger, danger, uh, they get someone that's trained in suicide prevention to immediately get on that text line and start talking, uh, you know, texting back and forth. Uh, so, you know, those are the you know, really. So again, the the, the hotline, the the crisis text line, and then nine one one if it's a serious issue. But the, the the bottom line is, if it's a situation where someone truly seems to be at risk, do not leave them. You know, make those calls right there and wait. Uh, you know, for someone to come. Or you know, if you've got a doctor or a psychologist that they're working with, again, talk to them. Make an appointment. Make sure it gets followed up. Uh, you know, it's important to follow up on all these things to show you care. Um, and that's the most important thing when talking to someone considering suicide you don't talk at them you really listen uh you you know feel uh try to show that you understand what their concerns are it's, you can't really talk someone out of a suicide there's kind of a, a mental blinder or a, a tunnel vision that they will have and it's much more important just to show you're concerned and that uh, you are going to be with them and stay with them uh and when you do reach out for help you follow up on that and you make sure they made those appointments you check out just checking in uh, is so important um, so you know those are some of the shorthand things that need to be done for suicide prevention but there's a lot more out there you know there are many resources you know people that uh, are interested in taking training for it you know afsp has a thing called talk saves lives it's about a 45 minute presentation you just go to any of the local chapters and they'll come out and do that uh there's a lot of more sophisticated day-long uh things there's a thing called assist um uh, safe care is another one um you know there's many different uh, mental health uh, uh, training uh, these are all things that are out there that uh if you just you know, do suicide prevention training, Google it, you'll find something in your neighborhood. So what's the aspect of faith? Can faith play a role uh, in Absolutely. suicide Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I'll go back to my son. You know, when Paul was missing, uh, one of the first things my wife did was uh, start wearing an, a necklace with the uh, charms of faith, hope, and love. You know, so she had a cross, uh, an anchor, and a heart. Uh, and, you know, that was getting her really through the days he was missing. After we discovered it was a suicide, uh, she continued to wear it, still wears it today. She's probably gone through two or three different sets of charms since then that keep falling off. But, uh, you know, the idea of faith, hope, and love for uh, suicide is, is so important. Um, uh, just for example, on hope, um, I, among other things, I run a, uh, a charity fundraising team for AFSB Chicago Marathon, and I've designed shirts called Race for Hope. Uh, AFSP's motto is bringing hope uh, to those affected by suicide. Um, hope is so important. In fact, one of the major causes of people considering suicide is loss of hope. Um, and hope is something churches and faith can give. Um, faith can give hope, um, and it, it also the other thing that commu church communities give is that sense of community. Uh, if there's one thing again that uh, is 
something that's common to people that are considering suicide. It's a feeling of aloneness. Uh, but a church community uh, is can really show someone that they have people and friends that care about them. Uh, and so involvement in a church community is really a, a good measure of uh, protection. Um, you know, one of the things that we do in suicide prevention, we spend a lot of time talking about risk factors, you know, the things that can cause someone to be at risk for suicide, um, various uh, physical, mental, environmental conditions. But something that we don't probably spend enough time on is preventive uh, factors. And you know, one of the strongest preventive factors is just community. If you have a sense of community, uh, you can, you know, really avoid some of the issues that could lead someone to consider that they have no hope, that uh, there is no reason for them to consider uh, going on. So, uh, you know, church communities can bring that sense of faith and hope and that sense of community, uh, particularly, and that's where when we get back to that public health model, it's important to, when you have people that seem to be outside of the community, bring them in, try and get them involved, get them uh, active. Um, that can be as much of a preventive suicide factor as anything out there just getting people involved and knowing that there are others out there that, that love them we'll come back to steve in just a moment but first i'd like to uh, direct our listeners to come visit our radio program website elmhouston.org there you can read more about us you can uh, download podcasts of our past radio programs you can also find shortcuts to our facebook twitter and youtube accounts you may also donate to support our work. All the on-the-air hosts are volunteers, so your donations really do go far to help us purchase radio airtime. We strive to have a wide variety of interesting interviews with uh, people who are creative, sharing the faith in Jesus Christ. And this uh, intersection where faith meets life sometimes, as Steve is telling us, it, uh, it can be hard sometimes. So we need the strength that the faith gives us. You may also write us at uh, ELM PO Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. So Steve, are there any, uh, any final lessons that you could give to us that uh, help us to uh, guide us, maybe I should say, to, to deal with someone who might be considering suicide? Um, again, the most important thing is to listen, uh, to provide hope, uh, and that sense of community. You know, when I mentioned, um, you know, one of the reasons I, I also talked about sort of that seven months when my son was missing, uh, that really gave me an appreciation for community. Uh, the people that I had never met before, but who were triathletes I had seen on the internet, or that I was a part of a group, they never knew me, yet they were out there, you know, making dozens of copies of his poster and running it out to uh, concerts that I told them, hey, he might be here. Uh, my wife's church, um, my brother's church's uh, triathletes, we put together a uh, YouTube video and, you know, I determined that the best way to get uh, it go viral was to have it have a lot of views quickly. Within the first hour, we had 800 people looking at it because we had that sense of community. Um, mm -hmm. It, it, it's just so important. And these are people that did not know me yet because they were either part of my triathlon community or my wife's church community, my brother's church community. Um, they wanted to help. Uh, so I, I became a real big proponent of a sense of community being a protective factor. And, you know, when I uh, speak at the AFSP out of darkness community walks, I always 
parse those words out of the darkness community walk and when i get the community um, that's the lesson i try to give that yes we are in your little community here but there's also a community of suicide survivors suicide people that are considering suicide and uh, you have your communities you work in where you play where you've gone to school these are all communities that are important to you and stay connected to them you know those communities are the most important protective factor and make life worth living you know it's that community that makes life wonderful um so you know those seven horrible horrible months for me um taught me the importance of community and i just can't emphasize that enough for um, faith communities how important you are to your members and to your congregation and um bring them in when they seem to be on the outside try and bring them in uh, it's just so important to reach out and make them part of your life Thank you for uh, the work that you do. Give us once again uh, the website of uh, AFSP. Yeah, AFSP is AFSP.org. And if anybody's interested in Christian Outreach for Africa, that one is AfricaOutreach.org. <laughs> okay, very good. Steve, again, thank you for all that you do. And to our listeners, we hope that you'll join us again real soon for another edition of Engaging Truth. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.